So, like I said, tonight's drosh is going to be on the subject of abortion. Now, real quick before we get started, just a warning that viewer discretion is advised because this is a, a well, yeah, an adult subject, I guess, for lack of a better term. I can't think of right now. So if you have young ones there with you, you can realize how this subject might get into things that you may or may not want them to hear, depending on their age and how you raise your children. Now, as always, you do you and you lead your family the way that you would, that you choose and feel led to. But just want to put it out there from the get go that there are going to be strong things discussed, obviously, in this topic of abortion. So I think a good way to start out this drosh is with a quote from Ronald Reagan, which I think really caps it off. He stated, I've noticed that everyone who is for abortion has already been born. And right on the nose, blunt, Reality, yeah. Anyone who is pro-abortion already has their life. They're still breathing. So everyone's pro-abortion has already been born. No one who has not been born yet is for abortion, obviously. No one wants to die like that. So an outline of tonight's draws, just real quick, we're going to go over just a little bit of history, not much, but some interesting facts from our past that I think you guys might find interesting as well. We're going to go over some stats about abortion, go over some numbers, multiple aspects there. And then, of course, we're going to be going over how Scripture views abortion. Okay, so that's where you really want to make sure to have your notes ready, have your pen and paper ready to take those notes. And if you happen to miss anything, as always, you can catch the on-demand video starting tomorrow morning. The uh, best way to do that is through our website, just go to GodHonestTruth.com and you can click on the post for abortion. You can get the on-demand video to pause and play at your convenience. And you also get the drosh slides that you're seeing right now that you can go through at your own convenience as well, which makes it really handy and helpful for those of you out there who are like me and like to take notes on various subjects because getting older and I forget things, so I have to take notes. Also, the post on our website and also down in the description of this video, there are links to additional resources about the subject of abortion. So you can go down and check those out or you go on our website and check those out as well. So starting out with just a little bit of history about abortion, like I said, some things we thought was kind of interesting and hopefully you think are interesting as well. The first evidence we have, um, about abortion is from the Ebers Papyrus about 1550 before the Common Era. Long, long time ago, right? Various things can be used to conduct an abortion, okay? I'm sure you can think of some yourself, but the way they used to do it back in the day, through some means, is by using a tampon that's made of plant fibers, comes from a certain type of plant, and then they coat it with a compound of honey and pulverized dates. Don't know exactly how effective that was, but we know that's one way that they did do it. So some had to have some kind of efficiency to it, but I don't know exactly how effective it was. 
Other known substances that were used for abortions in pre-modern times were also things like silphium, pennyroyal, rue, Italian catnip, savory sage soapwort, cypress, and white and black hellbore. Don't know what hellbore is, but they did use that. The earliest ban on abortion that we're able to find comes from the Code of Asura, and that's about 1000 BCE, okay, from Assyria. Now, this only applied if the husband of a married woman had not consented to her getting an abortion. So, there's a little bit of a catch there. It's not a blanket ban, okay? And also, when we look at Greece, Greek, the Greeks most likely had some sort of similar ban on abortion as well. Which is kind of weird when you think about the Greek culture and the way they did certain things back then. But we won't get into all that. That's a tangent for another time. So now we're going to go with some statistics about abortion. This is in modern times. And these statistics are a few years out of date. I didn't have the chance this week to go through and get the most current numbers. So this should just give you a good idea and estimate anyways. In 2015, there were 913,000 abortions performed in America. That's just in America. 2016, that went down a little bit to 885,000. In 2017, it went down just a little bit more to 881,000. So the trend is downward. That's a good thing. But that's still almost 900,000 too many abortions. Now, recent rulings and laws that have been put into place are another step forward. The overturning of Roe v. Wade, which is an awesome thing. The various states who are implementing more stringent laws against abortion as well, a good thing. So I think that there has been some progress made in the right direction. Let's just stay in prayer about this and hopefully we can get even farther and protect every unborn child. As far as U.S. abortions go, the highest percentage of pregnancies aborted were in Washington, D.C., which is almost not surprising. No, I'm sorry. This is the list of the three most, okay? Washington, D.C. is third highest. New York comes in at 33%. And then New Jersey is at 30%, okay? A lot of blue-leaning states, high in abortion. Not a shock there. Those with the lowest percentages of abortions were Utah at 5%, the Mormon state, right? Kind of makes a little bit of sense there too. South Dakota, 4%. And then Wyoming at less than 2%. Good on you, Wyoming. Get down to that 0%. Hopefully everyone can get down there too. Now, what about the various pregnancies that end in abortion? What are the kind of the overall demographics of how that plays out? Well, shockingly enough, married women only make up 4% of abortions. Well, I don't guess that's really shocking. It kind of makes sense there. You've got a good, stable family structure, the way a family's supposed to be run. So it kind of stands to reason that there will be less abortions. But unmarried women make up 27% of the pregnancies ending in abortion. White women, on the other hand, 
make up 10%, and black women make up 28%. Now, we didn't have time to go in tonight's drosh into the whole history of Planned Parenthood and stuff like that. That really gets deep on why the percentage is higher amongst the black community, okay? Again, another tangent for another time, but there's a good reason why black abortions are more numerous than white abortions. And Planned Parenthood plays a big role in that. Now, as far as the reasons as to why women got abortions, this, this might enlighten you a little bit, hopefully. Okay. As far as being the victim of rape, the abortions performed there make up only less than 0.5%. Less than a half a percent, the reason was because of rape. And you hear that a lot in abortion discussions. Oh, what about rape? What about rape, right? Well, in all actuality, in reality, the number of abortions that are performed due to rape is less than half a percent. If there are fetal health problems, that makes up about another 3%. Physical health problems, I'm assuming this stat is because of the health of the mother, but that makes up 4%. Would interfere with education or career, another 4%. Not mature enough to raise a child, 7%. I'm wanting to hold back from comment here just so we can get through this, but they don't want to be a single mother, 8%. I can give you a good way to not be a single mother. Done having children, 19%. Can't afford a baby, those make up 23% of the abortions when they surveyed. Not ready for a child, 25%. And then for other reasons, 6%. Now, if you'll notice, the vast majority of these reasons listed here, except for two, I can see, and maybe three, but two. The vast majority of these, though, are for selfish, personal reasons. They would kill their unborn child for selfish, personal reasons. Not taking responsibility. Now, according to the statistics for the state of Florida, interesting as well, if the pregnancy resulted from an incestuous relationship, less than, or I'm sorry, 100, is that 1,000? Okay, 0.001%. The woman's life was endangered by the pregnancy, 0.065%. This is just the state of Florida now, okay? The woman was raped, 0.085%. These are the reasons why these women got an abortion. The woman's physical health was threatened by the pregnancy, 0.288%. The woman's psychological health was threatened by the pregnancy, 0.294%. There was a serious fetal abnormality. That's a very general statement, but 0.666%. The woman aborted for social or economic reasons, 6.268%. And for those who did not give a reason and it was just purely elective, 
92% of the women in Florida who got an abortion, 92% of them did it for just, you know, they didn't report a reason, but it was just elective. It wasn't because they were going to die if they had the baby. It's, ugh. this is so infuriating. I'm sure many of you out there watching can understand this too, but probably feel the same way. Now this, all the numbers you've just seen are likely on the low side, okay? Because a lot of states, and a lot of areas don't require a reason to be given for the abortion. And so they don't ask the reason. And so the reason isn't reported. So there's probably a lot more to these statistics than what we just saw here. But from what we did see, again, the vast majority of the reasons given were for personal, selfish reasons because they were irresponsible. Now, when you think about abortions, sometimes if you're like me, you also think about adoptions, right? Ways to save these children. Let's take a look at that real quick. In the U.S., an abortion can cost up to $750 in the first trimester and up to $1,500 later in the pregnancy. Now, those numbers may have changed, you know, since last researched this, but it's going to be about that general area, just to give you a ballpark. Okay? You can't buy a car for that anymore. However, the average cost of adoption... $39,966 through an agency and $34,093 through an independent adoption company. Now, these numbers here definitely vary with how you go about the adoption, where the adoption comes from is overseas, if it's local, if it's somebody you know, et cetera, et cetera. But the point is that it's, cost a lot more to adopt a baby and a child than it is to kill it. And that's just backwards. And we shouldn't be killing kids anyways. But for it to be cheaper to kill a human being than to adopt one is just absurd. It's just absurd. Whew. Okay. So, Anyway, private domestic adoption can be go up, like we said, upwards of $40,000. Again, this is going back to the way that you go through adoption, where you get it from, et cetera, et cetera. Adoption from foster care, public adoption is $1,000 to $5,000. International adoption, $40,000 to $50,000. And this all comes from adopting.org if you want to go look at those statistics. Now, like I said, this these numbers vary greatly. Um, there is a family member, actually a couple of my family members went through adoption. One, they went through, um, oh, I can't even think of the name now. Anyways, it's the public foster care, they went through the foster care system, right? Someone that they already knew asked them to take this baby for unstated reason on air anyways. But through that uh, foster agency and through the county, they were able to obviously get reimbursed while they're in the foster part of it. But then when they adopted, it was extremely cheap for them, actually. It wasn't anywhere near 
And then I had another family member who adopted for similar reasons, child come from, but that cost them a lot more, but it was, you know, a different way they went about it. Still, it's backwards to think that even a cheap adoption is more experience, more expensive than a abortion. Just Please forgive me if I slip up and just get emotional about this. And happen to slip up and say something I shouldn't. So, there's some stats. There's a little bit of history. Let's go on and get straight down to Scripture. This is where everyone loves to go. And it's where we should be going to base our opinions and our beliefs and our faith on to begin with. So, what does Scripture say about abortion? Well, let's start off by looking at Exodus 21, 22 through 23. And when men strive and they shall smite a pregnant woman and her children come out, yet there is no injury, he shall certainly be punished accordingly as the woman's husband lays upon him. And he shall give through the judges, but if there is injury, then you shall give life for life. Let me read that one more time just so you get the gist of this passage real quick. Exodus 21, 22 through 23. And when men strive together and they shall smite a pregnant woman and her children come out, yet there is no injury. He shall certainly be punished accordingly as the woman's husband lays upon him and he shall give through the judges. But if there is injury, then you shall give life for life. Notice several things here. Number one, it says absolutely nothing about how far along in the pregnancy the woman is. Okay, this is talking about specifically when two men or more are fighting and they're near a woman and they happen to hit the woman who's pregnant and she gives birth early. Okay, if the child's okay, then you'll pay a fine. The offender will pay a fine, but if the child is injured and even or even dead, then it says they should give life for life. Okay, so here we can see the first instance already of Scripture speaking about a preterm child. Okay, and if it says if there's no injury, she'll pay the fine according to the husband, and if there is injury, she'll pay life for life. Interestingly enough. Check out what the Geneva Bible says on this as well. Also, if men strive and hurt a woman with child, so that her child depart from her, and death not follow, he shall be surely punished according as the woman's husband shall appoint him, or he shall pay as the judges determine. But if death follow, then thou shalt pay life for life. So again, what we just read you from the Scriptures 2009 and from the Geneva Bible and from most translations, it's worded just like this, so that her child depart from her or so that when her child comes out, okay? It means early preterm birth. However, there are some translations that mistranslate this and this gets people off track, okay? For instance, the RSV states this in Exodus 21, 22-23. When men strive together and hurt a woman with child so that there is a miscarriage, 
and yet no harm follows, the one who hurt her shall be fined, according as the woman's husband shall lay upon him. And he shall pay as the judges determine. If any harm follows, then you shall give life for life. This is actually a mistranslation right here when it says miscarriage in the RSV. Now, as we all know, miscarriage is when a baby dies preterm without you know, abortive procedures. But the Hebrew word here is not for miscarry. The Hebrew word here is Strong's H3318, and meaning just like the first two translations that we read, to proceed, depart, go forth, things like that. Not miscarry. Because there is a Hebrew word for miscarry. In fact, we find one instance of that in Exodus 23:26. None shall miscarry or be barren in your land, and I shall fill the number of your days. Now, this Hebrew word here for miscarry is Strong's H7921, shahol. And it really means just that, miscarry. So the RSV got that wrong, and we're going to look at some other instances here in just a minute. But that was on Exodus 21. Mm. So Exodus 21 verses 22 through 23 do not say miscarry. However, we look in scripture, is there actually a passage that is pro-abortion? Well, let's check it out. Test everything, right? Numbers 5, 21 through 22. Then the priest shall make the woman swear with the oath of the curse, and he shall say to the woman, Yahweh make you a curse and an oath among your people, when Yahweh makes your thigh waste away and your belly swell. And this water that causes the curse shall go into your inward parts and make your belly swell and your thigh waste away. And the woman shall say, Amen, Amen. Now, if you're not familiar with this section of Scripture, this is actually concerning the law of the jealous husband, right? If the husband gets, you know, an inkling that his wife has been unfaithful, he takes her to the priest and they do what's stated right here, plus, you know, drinking bitter water and whatnot. But right here, you'll notice, <clears throat> says, Yahweh make you a curse and an oath among your people when Yahweh makes your thigh waste away and your belly swell. Okay? Belly swell and thigh waste away. Notice how the NIV translates this, though. Numbers 5, 21 through 22 in the New International Version. Here the priest is to put the woman under this curse. May the Lord cause you to become a curse among your people when he makes your womb miscarry and your abdomen swell. Okay, so again, this is another instance of them mistranslating here because the Hebrew word is not shahol for miscarry. Okay, so New International Version made a mistranslation right here, and that's led some people astray to thinking that in some way, Scripture condones the use of abortion. 
and the practice of abortion. This is why Bible study is so important. Okay, get down to the word study, get various perspectives so that you actually get the truth. And the truth is, Scripture does not condone or promote abortion in any way. And the reason some people think that is because of mistranslations like this right here and the New International Version and the Revised Standard Version that we saw earlier. So, what are some other verses in Scripture that, that are referencing not only abortion, but also life before birth itself? Well, Psalms 22, verse 10. I was cast upon you from birth. From my mother's belly, you have been my L. So this is the psalmist talking about that even before he took his first breath, he knew El. He knew Elohim. He knew Yahweh. And Yahweh has been his Elohim even in the womb. Job 31, 15. Did he who made me in the womb make him, and did not one fashion us in the womb? Jeremiah 1, 5. Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came out of the womb, I did set you apart. I appointed you a prophet to nations, even before he took his first breath. Psalms 139.13 For you, you possess my kidneys. You have covered me in my mother's womb. Over and over and over again. Talking about human beings actually being alive in human beings before they come out of the womb. But let's go back to that old argument that when we get into pro-abortion versus pro-life, what about rape, right? Now, we saw the statistics that it's less than one half of 1% of all abortions that were reported anyways were because of rape. So what about a scriptural perspective on that particular argument there. Well, let's look at that real quick. Deuteronomy 24, 16. Fathers are not put to death for their children, and children are not put to death for their fathers. Each is to die for his own sin. Pretty clear and straight cut right there, right? The sins of the father are not shared upon the child. Okay? Just because the father's sin doesn't mean the child needs to die. Isaiah 5.20 Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. So just because this evil act that someone did to someone else does not make it right to kill an unborn human being. There are many instances, actually, where a woman was raped, went ahead, gave birth to a child, and raised it, and they turned out to be absolutely wonderful people. I don't think it's out of place to say this, but you can look up a pastor named Clayton King. Now, he was really getting started back when I was in high school, but his mother was actually assaulted, wound up pregnant, and gave birth to him, Clayton. 
And as such, he went on into the ministry and led lots and lots of people to Yeshua, getting them saved. Now, if his mother had had an abortion simply because she was raped, think about how many people would not be in the faith now. Okay, so it's an absolutely horrible thing that happens in the instance of rape. But let's not compound that and do another absolutely horrible thing on top of that. So no, rape is actually not a good and valid reason for having an abortion. So what about the reality of it all? Well, just straightforward on the nose. If it's not a baby, then you're not pregnant. Plain and simple. I thought this was really neat right here. And some of you have never seen this before, but you can go all the way through the development of an unborn child. And you can see that, yes, it is a human being. It looks like a human being. And there's just really no way around it. In fact, we can even go over the DNA argument. Okay? So, whether you're pro-abortion or pro-life, both sides can agree that a pregnant woman has something growing inside her. Okay? Pro-abortion has something that, you know, they call whatever it is growing inside them. On the pro-life side, we say, hey, that's a human being, right? That's a baby. But regardless, we can say that there's something growing inside that woman. Now, DNA is used scientifically to distinguish human from non-human and between one human and another human being. Okay? It's just fact, right? In fact, if you go to a crime scene and there's blood, they take blood and it can tell, you know, if it's human blood or if, you know, somebody's been out hunting deer and there's deer blood there, they can tell what kind of blood it is. Okay? Where that belongs to a human being or something else. Now, if you take the blood from whatever it is that's growing inside that pregnant woman and you test it, it's going to show up as human. No doubt about it. So that is a human being inside of a pregnant woman. And just goes to show that at the moment of conception, a completely new set of DNA is created apart from the mother. It's human DNA and separate not only from the mother, but also of the father. So that's not the woman's body inside her body. That's another human being. And this, I thought, was actually really neat to see. I'm thinking, I got this picture a while back, but I think it's actually from a um, miscarriage. But um, it's really neat to see that a child, only seven weeks old, small enough to fit inside a, an engagement ring. And you can already tell it's human. With the feet and arms and the head and the eyes and the fingers. And I don't know how anyone can truthfully say they don't believe it's human. But after all this, would it surprise you to hear that I and we here at God Honest Truth Ministries are actually pro-choice? Yeah. We believe in the choice of abstinence, contraception, adoption, or motherhood. 
So you, we give you four choices on our pro-choice stance, whereas the pro-abortion side gives you one choice, death. It's the only choice they give you on their pro-choice side. So if you'd like some more information, you can check out these websites right here that we have listed on your screen, or you can go click on those exact same links down in the description below or at the post on GodHonestTruth.com. Make it so easy for you if you'd like to go see some more information about the subject of abortion. Now, the website there, the number second one down, abortionprocedures.com. That is very informative, okay? It shows you videos of actually how abortions are performed. Now, they're all graphically recreated. They're not actual abortions, but they're 3D on a computer generated as to how the abortions are performed. Very disturbing, but informative at the same time. So, in summary, unborn children, as we saw, are human beings. That's just scientifically accurate. It's reality. It's the world we live in. There's no getting around it. Unborn children are human beings. We saw that scripture does not condone or permit elective abortion. Now, what I mean when I say that is that I can see an instance where a mother's life would be in danger. Okay. That would be the only one, but having an abortion simply because you're not ready or it might interfere with your education or your career. That's no, that is a sin. It's murder and scripture does not condone or permit such abortions. And like we saw, abortion is just the murder of a human being. And that's just the God honest truth. So thank you for joining us tonight. We hope that you were able to learn something and get a little bit out of that.